What's up, guys? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash Tales from Tech Support. Well, we missed a couple more episodes because uh, once we got back from Florida after helping my mom set up for the winter, my wife got sick, and then I got sick, and I still feel like I'm talking straight through my nose, but I'm not hacking at the moment. Eyes are not too watery. <laughs> it's like allergies, flu, all kind of rolled into one, so... Bear with a weird voice, and uh, we'll see if we can get through this. All right. Screensaver causing bad server performance. Way too many years ago, already to my liking, I was called in to troubleshoot an issue for a customer. They were running a file server on NT4, and performance was really bad. I went in, and at the admin's desktop, I did some file copy operations, and indeed, everything coming from just that specific server was slow. Went into the server room, which was just a small room with a desk on which the servers were standing. No rack-mounted systems. I unlocked the display and went through the logs, but couldn't find anything. But the admin came in and said, What have you done? Things are running smooth again. <laughs> Baffled by this, I went back to check with him. Walked a few hallways to his desk and then did a new test, but things were slow again. I walked back to the server, and just as I was running through the logs again, I got a call from the admin that things were fast again. Back to his desk, but nope slow. Back to the server room, and then just before I walked in I noticed through the small window next to the door that the screensaver on the file server had come on. Some wild 3D pipes thing or so. Walking into the server room, the door always hit the wobbly desk enough to move the mouse a little to cancel the screensaver. I called the admin to ask if it was fast again, and indeed it was. Then waited for the screensaver to pop up again, and the system immediately became slow again. Issue solved. I'm not sure about a server, but I'm pretty sure that you don't want a screensaver on a server at all, of any kind. You know, I guess the computer thinks it's hibernating or going to sleep or power saving or whatever. Um, yeah. I will say, it's not a screensaver, but the busier of a background, if I used to have backgrounds on my videos behind the text, and I had, like, the snow ones are the worst. It looks like snow falling in the background. And that will drag my resources down, YouTube's resources if everybody does it. The person watching the video, a lot of times, you know, for that rendering to happen. So, yeah, I know when a lot of those graphics go on, it, it will hog up some resources and make other operations slow. So, I, I'm guessing that's similar. It feels similar to me. So, if I'm wrong, eh, you guys will let me know. Keyboard craziness due to corporate stupidity. A long-time client called with a keyboard issue. It would just randomly stop working and could only be fixed with a reboot. However, it would stall again at some point, but it was always random. This guy will call him Red. He owned a branch office of a financial consulting company. He had a few people there. Red is no dummy. Knows enough about computers to install software and hardware, swap out components, etc. So he opted out of the corporate recommended IT support because they were very expensive and very slow. When he was truly stumped with an issue or just didn't want to take the time to solve an issue, then he would call me. So anyway, on with the keyboard issue. He'd reinstalled drivers, swapped out the keyboard, and a few other items until he was ready to fix it with a chainsaw. This gave me a pretty good baseline on where the issue was not located. My first step was going to be swapping the keyboard to another USB outlet. Could be he goobered it up somehow and it's just making intermittent contact. I pulled the case out from under the desk and discovered all of the ports were occupied, even on the front of the case. So I started tracing the wires, printer, mouse, scanner, keyboard, Wi-Fi, headset, external hard drive, and a big red button with corporate's logo on it. <laughs> Press the button, browser should launch, and takes you to their homepage. 
I had never seen one of these, so I decided to try it. Nothing happened. I figured it was outdated or I had the driver removed or something like that. But at the back of my pea brain, a little voice was telling me to unplug the button and test the keyboard. So I unplugged it and everything starts working fine. Plugged it back in and the keyboard goes wonky. So Red and I get on the speakerphone to corporate's in-house support because they require everyone to purchase one of these for every computer in the office. Likely tens of thousands nationwide. Red says, the big red button's not working. What? And the IT guy immediately cuts him off. Disconnect all the buttons and throw them away. <laughs> Apparently there was an epidemic of this going on company-wide. The guy on the phone said there would be an email from corporate next week telling everyone else to do the same. Seems about 30% of these things were defective. There would be no refund either. Red was not happy about that, especially considering his lost time from keyboard craziness and the lost funds from me and the buttons. Red later heard through the grapevine that some VP had a kid with an ad specialties biz and convinced marketing to buy these things without consulting IT. The vendor could program the action of the button to do whatever the customer wanted. The total cost per unit was about 50 cents. The company sold them for $20 each. He only bought them for his desktop units. Didn't get any for the laptops that also doubled as desktops when the reps were in the office. So wait, they had a button on the desk. I'm picturing the Staples Easy button, the big red button, just to launch their website? Like, I guess the mouse and keyboard aren't enough? How difficult is this that you need like a one-tap solution? Um, how important is it that you need a one-tap solution? I'm not sure what kind of firmware or hardware that button is, but uh, yeah, evidently it was trying to act as a keyboard. And like when you plug two keyboards in, a lot of times I've found anyway on my cheapy rigs uh, that they will compete with each other and everything goes nuts. But oh, well, wow. Yep. It's always nepotism that gets you in the end. A mouse? I was once responsible for a specific software in our production area. Because in this area, the people were not this firm with computers and stuff. I was doing a lot of trainings and had handmade a guidebook for every function they would ever need. With nice screenshots, simple language, arrows, circles, you know the deal. My dad is the worst computer user I know, so he's my beta tester for my new guides. If he understands it, everybody will understand. Every guide I wrote was 100% dad proof. I'm offended. But then Jay was entering the scene. Jay was a pretty smart person. He was a wizard on our production machines. The error he could not resolve had to be invented. He was on a long taking special training while I was introducing the software and the whole production. As he returned, he gave me a call. I've seen we got this new fancy software you talked a lot with me about before I went on my training. The heck? Me. Yes, do you need a training for the software? Jay. No, no, no. I've seen you made an idiot proof guide. I'm fine. Me. Have fun. We worked together in the past, and I was sure he would figure it out pretty soon. As I said, he's pretty smart, and he's one of the few colleagues who don't leave their mind at home while at work. A few minutes later, I got another call from Jay. I was sure he got a dozen improvements for the software. A little bit angry, Jay, could you please come down? Nothing works. It won't open up. That's a crap system if it won't open up. I was shocked. The software we got was known to be rock solid, at least until it was open. <laughs> I went immediately down, and what I was shown was, let's say, a circus. Jay was infuriatingly touching the screen where the program icon was, and with every touch he did, and nothing happened, he got angrier and was pushing harder. Me, what are you doing? Jay, your stuff won't open. Me, being silent, moving the mouse to the icon, double-click the icon, program's running fine. Jay, what kind of wizardry is this? 
<laughs> me, you have to click on it two times. J, but I've done this so much. Me, you have to use the mouse. We don't have touch screens. J, a mouse? Turned out he completely skipped the introduction of PCs. He had a mobile phone, which he can handle fine, but it wasn't necessary for him to handle a PC at home. His wife is doing all the PC stuff at home or at work. He's the wizard of the machines. The only thing he would need a PC for was the new software. After shortly explaining how a mouse works, the only thing he said was, ah, now a lot of stuff I've seen in the past are making so much more sense. You can call me faker for this story. I wouldn't believe it either if I wasn't there. Not at all. I wouldn't call you a faker one bit. Uh, you know, my grandkids, by the time they get old enough to start messing with computers, they'll be so ingrained with tablets and even touchscreen laptops that, you know, they see, they see granddad's old battery operated Logitech mouse. They're going to think it's, you know, some kind of newfangled thing or maybe some relic, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure nobody's going to know what a mouse is soon. But as long as I'm living and breathing, I got a dozen of these things that are sitting aside in the box. So I'll have, as long as they make batteries, I'll be good. Again, I am not tech support. Whilst usually UKitern 2 has major projects in various stages of implementation and planning, usually he gets drafted to help look at issues that frontline support T2 and T3 can't solve. In one issuance, it's a blessing to spend hands-on time with hardware. Other times, it's a curse of the position of being both good at the Cloudly stuff and running a home lab and keeping those physical practical skills up to date. Sitting at my desk, I'm on call. Usually these last in shifts for 24-7 operations, but usually shifts last a day or so at most. SLA doesn't really matter, so as long as the problem gets fixed under best effort as most companies we deal with don't have that level of support. Those clients that do pay extra for a specialist team, everything we do is billable to the client at a very high rate for those clients who don't pay for a support contract. Our side does not get called out to do site, as it's usually a very billable event. Boss, we need you to look at a weird error going on with client's network. It's been right through support several times and we can't figure it out. The budget has been assigned to take a look, but if we solve it, it'll be a major feather in our cap with client. OP, you got it, boss. A few hours later, I end up on the client's site and going through the problem with their company support staff. What seems like the printer not being available for a few hours transpires. Both us and them were out looking at it to be a backhaul network issue. Generally, we don't deal with printers, but as it involves payroll and accounting, we have to care. In the program management's office, which are quite large with a split partition between employees and hot desks, Ethernet plugged into the network switch, network switch plugged into core router, pings okay, trace route okay, general basic diagnostics check out. Currently, the printer is available to the network and responding to ping. Core switch is in the server rack and network switch for the room is in the corner office on the floor of the office, which turns out is the access switch. Checking the ports of the access switch means being in the accountant's office. Whilst doing this, a man pops his head into the room that I'm in and says that he needs help with his computer now. Whilst formulating a response, the man becomes irate and says if he doesn't, he's fired. Must be serious, I thought. I make it clear that I don't work for the company. Man, I don't care if you are a temporary contractor. I want this fixed now. OP, I think you misunderstand. I work for company, your accountancy software. I'm not IT support. Man, waving violently. Now! And his face turns red. I get greeted to the hot desk on the clearly marked program management set of desks, which clearly doesn't have Ethernet, but for some reason his docking station suspiciously does. 
Looking at the issue, it appears to be that his laptop isn't getting internet via Ethernet through his dock to his laptop, and the Wi-Fi is abysmally bad. The man says, See? OP. But wait, this is the project desk. How are you getting Ethernet? I checked the switch over there and the plans, and I don't see any Ethernet for these hot desks. Man, we have that that we bought from the supplier that we use off that object. I trace the cable to find a garbled mess of wire from one of the wired desks. An Ethernet hub? But it's not configured correctly. That can't surely be a hub. I become curious and ask how it's powered. Well, it's in the four-gang switch that gets switched on from the hot desk. It's not a hub, but a cable router with DHCP. Holy guacamole, I think to myself. And I grab local IT and the company IT manager to look at this. Between the wireless, ancient Cat5 cabling, the router, and some network devices that have clearly been there since the late 2000s, and just repurposed. I hear the IT manager say, Hey, is that the old Netgear switch? <laughs> the man interrupts that one of the program managers had rolled off one of the jacks and had rolled his own mini network within the network to program manager's desks. Clearly no one thought to tell local IT at the company this. As they start untangling the mess to access the damage, clearly the printer and some other devices were getting a different DHCP reservation because of the unauthorized hardware, also known as Shadow IT, plugged into the network doing stuff it shouldn't be. Well, this looks like your problem. Shadow IT. IT manager, guess since you solved it, you're looking for a payout for this printer? I think this should come from their budget since it's their issue. Office politics ensue for 10 minutes. Me. Sorry, would you mind if I leave and head back to my office? Happy to mark up the ticket for payment and close the issue. Would you mind if I test the theory just to be sure? IT manager nods. After testing that the printer indeed is getting the wrong DHCP reservation, or rather the kind of right one but behind a NAT created by said device, all our pings and trace routes were on that network segment in that room, hence no one noticed. IT manager, looking a bit like an idiot that he didn't notice the problem. So the price will be cost from callout fees, time spent on site, etc.? Me, I'll ticket it up so that you get the hours and I'll also raise up which budget it'll come out of. Hey look, if it wasn't for this man, I might never have known myself, so don't put yourself down. IT manager looks like he took some solace in the understanding. Man, what do you mean? You work for us. Me, again, I am not tech support. On getting up the ticket, adding his hours, and also adding comprehensive notes, he awaits payment, quite a hefty sum by some standards, but a job well done. Not just the hours, but the call-out fee. Going to be quite a payday, I thought to myself. OP, if you watch this video, I'm sorry, man. Great story. Very hard to read uh, when you're talking, I'm assuming, about yourself in third person. Uh, you didn't say it was somebody else's story, so I'm assuming, but uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I love it when people want to come up with their own solutions. When I worked for the Board of Ed, the IT guys in the school that I worked at uh, were often pulling their hair out because somebody would come up with a brilliant idea for their classroom or a section of classrooms or the teacher's planning area and start adding their own devices and throwing things in the mix, which really just screwed things up and weren't allowed. You could very easily lose your job for something stupid like, you know, just plugging in a little uh, Wi-Fi hub or something so that you can get signal from your room to the teacher's lounge without running wires and things like that. But, uh, yeah. It's not broken just because you expected a smaller number. I work as a biomedical technician, maintaining all the medical equipment in a hospital. We work on many things, but we all work on medical patient weight scales. Most scales nowadays are very accurate and keep their accuracy for quite some time, 
needing only a calibration check every year. Every so often we get a call requesting their scale be calibrated because it's definitely out of calibration, as they say. So I haul 100 pounds, 43.36 kilograms, of medical grade calibration weights over for our quick calibration check, and 10 times out of 10 it's within calibration. When I report my findings to the end user, I often get the same response. Someone throws a quick frown because they use themselves as the weight reference point. I'm fairly certain the requester's train of thought prior to calling was, but my scale at home says, but I can't stop the inevitable process of hurt feelings. <laughs> so, okay. Now, this is going to sound really sexist and it's not meant to be, but more, more women care about their weight numbers than guys. And so I'm picturing some, you know, woman supervisor wanting to make sure the scale's reading right or whatever and stepping on it and yeah, thinking they're one weight and they're five, 10 pounds off. <laughs> Not that we men don't care about our weight and stuff, but uh, in my world, it's always been more of an issue with the women in my life. So uh, yeah. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.